ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I'm your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, and, and football is back. Uh, we're actually recording this. Hopefully some people are watching it uh, live on Thursday night. Uh, the Bucks are up 14-13 as we start. Uh, all is right with the world. Rojo is playing like crap, fumbling the ball. It's 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 a beautiful Cowboys. Cowboys are losing thanks to a Zerline mixed extra point. It's a beautiful thing to see. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm here to, tonight. We're doing the show uh, all all host show tonight. I got I got Andrew Hall FF here. Uh, Andrew, how you doing? I'm great, Rocky. It's it's anytime there's football on, it's a good day. Yes, football is back. I, I, it's it's great to be with you guys. It's I'm also Scott Sidlow. Uh, I'm happy to have to be potting with both of you tonight. It feels like I haven't done this in forever. I think I've done one half a show in the last month, uh, thanks to my wife's car breaking down. I had to leave mid-show. Um, but Scott, how, how happy are you to have football back? And how you doing tonight? Oh man, football! Football has been there. For the last 27 years, since, since I was nine years old, I have religiously watched football. And no matter what happens in life, it has been there. The ups and downs, the good and the bad, football's there every single year. Plenty of teams to, to hate, plenty of players to root for. It's a beautiful thing. I, I agree. I'm, I'm just so happy to have it back. Uh, looks like something else is going on in the game. Uh, but uh, <laughs> as, as I see Scott watching, but uh, we uh, the first thing I guess we should touch on because it is a big piece of news that happened today is the uh, Gus Edwards torn ACL. The Ravens are apparently cursed. <laughs> All three of their main running backs going down now. Uh, so, Obviously, Gus Edwards' value is dead. Does, does anybody, are you, either of you interested in buying Tyson Williams uh, uh, at this point? A lot of people got him off waivers for free. Uh, obviously, a great selling point right now. Um, what do you think, Andrew? I mean, Tyson Williams is, was the, the fourth stringer for a while for a reason. So I'm not quite sure he's talented, but he's got the opportunity. And we've talked about this before. Uh, with running backs, opportunity can sometimes trump talent, and he's definitely going to get the lion's share of the carries. Obviously, the team went out and signed Bell and Trenton Cannon and their Devonta Freeman. Like they're trying to piece together some sort of running back room there now, and and obviously Justice Hill got hurt too and got waived. So like they yeah they are just snake bit right now. But I mean back to Tyson Williams, he's not somebody that I'm targeting. I guess if I have him, if I got him for free or something, 
great. I mean, if I'm a contender, I'm, I might hold on and just sort of see how the ride goes. But if I'm not contending, I'm trading him for a second. You know, you might get somebody out there that's willing to go and just say, hey, I need I need the guy. You know, maybe they had Dobbins. Maybe they had Edwards. I mean, it, it's definitely a sell option in my book because and, and also it could be a two or three week rental. Right. This could be a thing where he's not even maybe he gets hurt next. I hate to say it, but like, geez, <laughs> this, this whole team is so bad. I, man, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't think I'm leaning on him, but I wouldn't mind selling him. And and Scott, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman now might be viable uh, no interest, fantasy zero. options at this point. None. Yeah, None I agree. Them. Don't care. <laughs> no, um, seriously, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want any of them. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't want them clogging my rosters. I don't care about getting a, a third round pick for them. I'm already sick of the offers of like, Oh, it looks like you need a running back. You know, here I just picked this guy up off waivers. You know, yeah, there, there's a reason he was there. I could have picked him up too. So, yep, I'm good. Bell's toast, and he's got a bet. If he had a bad attitude on the Chiefs last year, went to the Super Bowl, <laughs> what do you think he's going to be like there when Lamar is taking his rushing touchdowns? Like, come on, man. Um, no, I don't, I don't. I have no interest in any of them. I don't care. I understand you're supposed to turn the waiver wire and, and get what you can and all that. That's great. Go ahead. It's not going to be for me. I'm not giving up anything, and I have no interest in even picking up, wasting my time picking up those guys. And I, I've heard the, the narrative out there, This that this boosts Lamar. Does, does Lamar rush for like 1,500 yards at this point? Or I mean, it's possible. <laughs> Someone else was, I just saw on Twitter, is like Marquise Brown. Here we go, right? Maybe they run him out of the backfield more because he's the only guy left. I mean, honestly, like it, it's it's possible. Like we're at that point where I have no idea what to expect. And and I think Scott hit the nail on the head. Like I'm not I'm not buying any of these guys. I'm not sending a pick for any of these players. There's no point in doing that. Contending or not, There's I, even if I'm, Let's say I'm one running back short or something. I'm not going after these guys. You know, I'd rather send a second for Daryl Henderson. You know what I mean? Like somebody right. who like I think could actually get the ball and is someone who is kind of getting underrated or like Chris Carson is out there. We'll talk about him more. But like there's a whole bunch of players that I think you can get for cheap-ish that are much more solid producers. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely out, out. If I get them for free, great. But I'm not paying anything. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. I'm not interested in anybody in that backfield. Now, if any, the only thing is if you already have them, yeah, this is the opportunity to try and sell for anything. Yes, like correct. you said, with Bell, if you can get a fourth for Bell and Freeman, that's 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 doing good. So you're making um, money. And I, and I think that yeah, exactly. And I think that that Lamar is probably the biggest beneficiary. I think they may pass more with with the lack of running game they'll probably have, um, which we didn't. But they don't have know. anyone to throw to either. That's the problem. Yeah. It's basically uh, Hollywood right now. And, and Mark Andrews, baby. actually healthy, I think, maybe. Uh, yeah. um, that's about it. And yeah, Bateman's down. Um, but yeah, I think I think he'll benefit. I don't think he'll run that much more. I mean, I don't think they're going to run tons of design runs just because they have their main running backs hurt. So he'll, he'll run just as much as he always has. But I don't think we're going to see, like, I've seen people saying he's going to run for, like, you know, lead the league in rushing or something now. Like, I, I don't think that's <laughs> happening just because um, just because they don't have the, the, the their higher-end running backs. Well, betting um, on outliers is a bad process, right? Like, you, yeah. know, you don't bet on the outlier. If it happens, you know, so be it. But, my goodness, you're not going to go out there and say, I'm, I'm trading, I'm selling the farm for Lamar because he's going to run a lot more. That's not how it works. Yeah, no. Um Okay, so I guess that's about all on, on Gus. I mean, it's it's not like we were all. It's not like not like when Dobbins got hurt. There's, like there's a lot of people that were banking on Gus to 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 help their team immensely this year. So, um, 
One thing I did want to touch on is because um, I missed, like I said, I missed most of the last month, uh, including last week when uh, <laughs> you guys were talking about wide receivers. Uh, something you guys mentioned in passing, uh, I don't think it was a big topic of conversation, but it's definitely a narrative that's been out there for, it's basically just accepted at this point that that wide receivers hold value longer than running backs. Um and I just wanted to contend that that's not necessarily the case, actually. Uh, I, I was thinking, and I wish I could have dove more into it because I was just, I just thought about this yesterday. But uh, if you think about it, like we all agree, we don't really care about like if, if wide receiver threes and RB, low end RB twos and RB threes are holding value, correct? Yeah. So right. if you're talking about the good to very good to great guys, a lot of the RBs are holding value four, five, six plus years. I mean, we're talking. Dalvin Cook is going into what his fifth year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going into his fifth year. Second Blackwood is going into his fourth year. The, the two, those two of those just missed the whole last year and are holding value. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going into his fifth year, holding value. Zeke is going into his sixth year, holding value. Uh, it, it, and, and the other thing is we can we can usually identify these guys. Like we we know Jonathan Taylor is going to be good. We know DeAndre Swift is likely going to be good. We knew Zeke was going to be good. That's basically my contention is that the the running backs, we can more easily identify which ones are going to be good. We see we see a lot of wide receivers that we expect to be good bust early. You get, I think we get a lot more Laquan Treadwells and Corey Davises, who, who's rebounded some, uh, Nikhil Harry's, things like that on the receiver end in rookie drafts. And I'm talking about comparing apples to apples, obviously. I mean, uh, you don't want to, you know, Cook isn't going to hold value longer than, say, A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson. But when you're talking about young guys versus young guys or even older guys versus older guys, I think it's pretty similar, more so than people make it out to be. And one thing I want to do, this is what made me look at, think about it, because I looked at this earlier today. Do I have it up now? I want to try and share this. Um, I was looking at ADP from just two years ago. I know some people might be thinking, of two, well, two years ago, obviously the running back, that's going to help running backs. They didn't have had much of a chance to lose value. But my, my point that I was looking at when I looked at this actually was, uh, let me see if I can share it. Uh, I need to remove the thing here. Is the ADP, if you go back two years ago um, for wide receivers you know, on DLF ADP, so, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams are at the top. They, they look great. Then Juju, value is cratered. Odell, value is cratered. Michael Thomas, value has cratered. Julio Jones, value has cratered. Mike Evans uh, has fallen, not cratered. Uh, Tyreek, good. Keenan, okay. Stefan Diggs, okay. Antonio Brown, value cratered. Thielen, Cooks, Hilton, Galladay. Lock it. <laughs> I mean, and, and a lot of these are older guys, but I, I, and unfortunately I can't sort this by age and ADP, but even if you go by age um, from two years ago and, and the age on here is actually uh, their current age, but guys like Nikhil Harry, who was valued higher back then would have been a young receiver that you would have wanted, you know, DK and AJ Brown, uh, were, Marquise Brown was maybe another one you might've wanted Uh J.J. Arcega Whiteside was drafted in the late first, early second. So even young receivers were, you know, a lot of them, and they tend to lose value even quicker than, than the running backs are. So so I've gone through my whole diatribe here. Uh, so I, I want to get your thoughts on it because it, it, it just occurred to me as I as I was thinking about it today. So what are your thoughts? I think it's a little bit of a fallacy. Yes, it, there's certain running backs, like the Mike Davises aren't going to hold value, but but neither are the Sterling Shepherds of the world. So, well, so, so what do you think about my little speech here? 
Well, I'll jump in. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I'm not going to say that. I just think that you're you're cherry picking some terrific options, and that's the way to do it. If, if I'm going to argue against it, I wouldn't. I would argue Barkley has not held his value, right? I would argue that there are some of those top running backs that have not held their value. They've actually gone down, right? Derrick Henry has not held value, right? Like Derrick Henry held, increased well, in value for years until this correct. year, though. Well, that happened. Oh, four, okay, but that happens with years. every player. I mean, that happened with Tyreek Hill on that list, right? Oh, Tyreek Hill's okay. He's number two or whatever now. Like it happens with every player in the top. I just think that the logic goes, and this is maybe why it's a generalization that may not be true, is that the turnover at running back is significantly higher than turnover at receiver. And I'm not talking about the top 12, top you know, top 15 guys at each position. Those guys tend to hold value no matter what. I mean, again, you just you hit the nail on the head, though. Odell Beckham cratered, right? Juju cratered. Antonio Brown cratered. Well, where is the running back list from 2019? Where are they? Because Gurley was on that list. David Johnson was on that yes, list. And you know what I mean? Me, like, Gurley's the exception. Most guys don't fall off a cliff. They decline slowly. Oh, but, but okay. The, but you could argue that Juju totally declines slowly. I mean, it just, it's, it's all, it just depends on how you look at it. I'm saying in general, overall, yes, you're going to have running backs that hold value better than some receivers. But the opposite is also true. And I think, I think we would all agree that receivers have a longer lifespan in the NFL. You know, that's kind of generally where that comes from. Yeah. Oh, like- and I meant to mention that, that. I agree with that totally. That, 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 that they definitely hold value in the sense that they're going to play longer. But right. uh, but in terms of – but I don't care that that Chris Godwin, when I – if I'm drafting a young running back and a young wide receiver or trading for a young running back, I don't care what his value is going to be in 2027. Oh, so, of course. No, and that's not what I'm arguing. I'm just saying, like, in general, it, it just feels like – and, again, it feels like it's not a term that we should use, right? It's almost like – ADP in general, like it just, it's the general consensus thought is that running backs don't hold value as much. And like I said, we talked about this with Zach. Um, and this is some things that where you can, you can pick some various options on running backs that held value. But again, I would argue most of them didn't really hold value. Even DeAndre Swift hasn't hold, held value, to be honest with you. And we'll get into that and in some of these other things later. But some of the receivers like Diggs and Hill and Adams, I mean, Hopkins, some of those guys have held it just fine. And I would even argue that Sterling Shepard has probably held value too. His value wasn't high. It's still not high. I mean, it's right. Still that's something. what I'm saying. So who cares if he holds? Right, but like fans, Ronald Jones. Point. I mean, it goes up and down quicker. I think for running back, run, more like running back twos and running back ones. That's just that's kind of where I was coming. Is like that that running back two level when you're in that 12 to 24 kind of range. Those are the guys that aren't guaranteed a second contract. You know what I mean? Like those are the guys that aren't like Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders, right? Those are guys that are not most likely not going to hold their value. They're going to be the next Todd Gurley. They're going to be the next David Johnson that kind of gets tossed around the league. Or even Joe Mixon hasn't really held value that much, although I think he's worth it. You know, there's there is definitely some some outliers or some examples or exceptions that prove the rule. But I, I still think it's generally considered true that wide receivers hold value, quote unquote, better, but maybe not better. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like I said, I agree in terms of at, like absolute value because they, they do. I'm not going to argue that wide receivers don't have longer careers, um, but I mean, the value is it depends on. Yeah. 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 And, and again, if wide receiver twos are holding value, wide receiver twos, especially low end, wide, like the, the other, the higher, like higher end wide receiver twos that can sneak into the ones. That's, that's the kind of guy I'm talking about along with the running backs. There's top. I, that's what, that's what I'm trying to refer to as the top 15. I, I think we just think of it in general, like anybody, like you're, if you, you don't want to get out on, on, on elite running backs because they're going to lose their value. Um, even, even, yeah, I mean, it doesn't apply to elite. And that's kind of what I think you're trying to hit on is that it, it, it does. I don't think it applies to elite running backs because those are so hard to find. That's not who I'm talking about, though. Like elite running backs hold value, just like elite receivers generally hold value. And you can even maybe your argument is more more nuanced than this, where elite running backs hold value better than elite wide receivers. 
but I'm still which looking I, at yes, I agree. Which I think is what you're arguing, right? Yeah. But I think from wide receiver one to forty and running back one to forty, I, I'll take the receiver group to hold better value. And I agree with that, back. but I don't care about wide receivers sixteen to forty. That's the thing. I get so you. I just yeah. Yeah. like wide receiver sixteen forty are like all the same guy. So, sure. um, and and like I said, I think we do a better job of predicting the running backs earlier than we do of the wide receiver. And the funny thing is too, I was talking about this with someone today is the wide receivers that do hold value. We start to devalue when they're at their peak <laughs> So as they hit 27, 28, 29, then we start devaluing them. So at, because after we're so happy that wide receivers hold their value. Right. <laughs> and once they've held it, you're like, I'm out. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was, that was my little diatribe. Uh, Scott, you have any thoughts since me and Andrew went back and forth there? I, I just like to look at like the production side of it. Right. Because I think usually the top running backs um, are going to have more production because of all the touches they get both rushing and receiving. But what I'd be curious about is to take, and you're saying like the elite guys or, you know, top 12 or whatever at their position, I'd be curious to see the production over a span of three, you know, two, three, five years and then see because running backs miss so much more time. So, I mean, I understand we're talking value, but I mean, it's, they're not valuable if they're on your IR all season. So that's a perfect way to segue like value versus trade value versus production value, which we've gone into before, right? Like production value sometimes gets ignored. And I think that's a good way to put it, Scott. Yeah. And, and I wish I had the uh, time or the energy to do something <laughs> right. like that, but, but right. I do not. So, I just like somebody at, somewhere has, we'll find it. But, yeah. but yes, I would just say that, 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 yeah, a lot of these guys, I expect Jonathan Taylor will, I, I, I expect Swift to go up in value, Andrew, for, since you mentioned him and, and continue to rise. But, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because I wasn't here last week to talk about it. So we'll get into our main topic of the night now though, which was going into the season. We wanted to talk, I guess, basically sort of a buys and sells type thing. Guys were uh, the three of us are particularly high on uh, in Dynasty as we head into 2021. Guys, we expect a value bump. Uh, guys were higher on than the consensus, and also guys were lower on than the consensus. Um, so uh, I'll let uh, uh, Andrew start with one of his guys. Andrew, uh, who, who, who do you got? Well, I mean, there's there, there's obviously a lot of players that I value differently than everyone else, and and I'm still trying to, I guess, kind of wrap my head around an article for Fantasy Pros. I've been trying to write for like two weeks about trade calculators and how valuation is all different. It kind of ties in perfectly with what we were just talking about. But I think that the, if I had to pick one player that I think is criminally undervalued right now, it's Robert Woods. I, I just, I don't know why he went down in value when they got an upgraded quarterback. Like that, that confuses me a little bit. Like, are we, are we now worried that Stafford can't support two receivers? I, I can tell you why in, in two words. Two well, and nine. <laughs> well, true. Exactly. It's the age cliff, right? And that's exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah. But I still think Robert Woods at 31 in ranked dynasty rankings on DLF rankings is 31st wide receiver. I, I What? Like, are you serious right now? Like, he's going to perform perfectly fine for the next few years. I'm not worried about Robert Woods in terms of, of scoring, in terms of longevity. Like, at 29... 29 is the new 26 for receiver. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that it's that scary. And you actually said it perfectly before. He's been producing. He's been the holding the value, and now we're devaluing him because of that. that, that yeah. I don't get that logic. Like, no. So yeah. Robert Woods is my guy year, the, among many. Sixty-five million dollar extension as well. Yeah. So he's not going anywhere. Like going apparently. Anywhere. So yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and they don't they don't like draft picks, right? So they trade away all their right. picks and they keep the guys that they like. They like Robert Woods. I like Robert Woods. I don't see why he's going. Why would he be a wide receiver three? That blows my mind. He is consistently a wide receiver 10 to 12 kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like that back end wide receiver yes. one, almost always on the field, terrific performer every single week. And I never have a doubt putting him in my lineup. I never go, man, do I start Robert Woods this week? The answer is yes, I'm starting Robert Woods. Who am I booting out? Oh, Jalen Rager, see the bench. You know what I mean? Like not a problem. So yeah, for me, it's Robert Woods by a landslide. I, I love that choice too. I And just to give an example of what you're saying, someone uh, earlier this week, I think it was, someone sold him to me for for Tev Coleman, Jamison Crowder, and a 2022 second. Now, I, I know that's a little crazy, but just to Thinking give you an idea of how undervalued he is, <laughs> most people will not sell him for that. I get that. But it's still, I mean, I'm sure that was part of it, that he that he's 29, he's going to be 30. Uh, but I, I expect maybe his best season ever this year with Stafford. I, I think that I think that passing offense is going to go nuts this year, especially with the Akers injury. Uh, uh, Stafford uh, teaming with McVay. I, I just, I, I love that whole the whole thing. Stafford uh woods and cup I, I i i want all of them so uh yep. scott any thoughts on uh on woods and then you can go into yours yeah i'm all, i'm i'm in on woods too in a contender where i've won uh three straight championships i actually traded uh deontay johnson for robert woods there were a couple picks involved there to to move up uh that was in draft but i mean you talk about trading a young guy <laughs> you know for an old guy and i mean i was i was thrilled to do it like actually it was with our uh, buddy uh, uh cousin Vito. so uh um, oh, yeah, we, we made that deal because honestly yeah i like deontay but i have a young core and i'm just like i want to win four in a row i mean <laughs> you get a chance to win four in a row so yeah give me robert woods um all right, so on my end, I, I mean, I really have mostly I'm focusing on wide receivers because that's kind of the the main position I build my teams around. That's the position I know the best, as we talked about last week. Um, and a guy playing right now tonight, C.D. Lamb. I don't care if he was number two. He'd be too low. Uh, <laughs> I think that by this time next year, he's easily top three and, and possibly – you know, one, two there with, you know, Justin Jefferson, uh, maybe Calvin Ridley still young enough, whatever. Um, but I think you're going to see Tyreek drop a little bit, Devontae, because, again, those guys are starting to get older. Um, so for me, C.D. Lamb, you're not going to get him for any less than you can now, even if it costs a lot. He's, it's going to be more in a year, in three months, and six months, in a year, in two years. Um, and plus – they didn't re-sign Gallup, so I just think there's even more opportunity in the future. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think the sky's the limit with the offense, with Dak, with his skill to play inside, outside. I it He's he's my guy. And I don't care what it costs. I'm getting him. He's going to be a stud for the next several years. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. I, I love CeeDee Lamb as well. I, I uh, I actually did trade him to Russ in a TA league a couple weeks ago, but there, that, that was like a 10 player deal. So um, there was a lot going on there. Um, and I did get Calvin Ridley and, and, and a guy I'm going to talk about here um, in a, in that deal as well. So um, I'll just get right into my, my guy. Um, Cause it's the guy I obviously have to, to bring up. Cause I've been talking about him all off season, pretty much on, on both here and trade addicts, um, which is TJ Hawkinson. He is, 
kind of like CD Lamb. He is he is tight end five, so he's not low. Um, but I I am way higher. I think still even above tight end five. I, I've been saying for months that I think he's going to jump into that elite tier. And uh, one thing I was looking at today, it's not apples to apples, but one a uh, couple comparisons like Darren Waller. Uh, people, I heard, you know, the Hawkinson argument against him is that he's on a crappy offense. Well, Darren Waller has Derek Carr. Is he that much better than Jared Goff? Um, he doesn't have any weapons around him either. Everybody's focused on Waller and he's still doing it. T uh, is also an athletic guy, just like Waller is just like Kelsey is. And I was looking at, at Kelsey. Another thing people fail to realize too, I think is that like, the guy just because like I've heard also that well he had he didn't have anybody except Marvin Jones there last year. Why is he gonna do it this year? I mean, it's especially at tight end, guys can get better in their third year. I, I looked at Kelsey, it's not apples to apples, like I said, but Kelsey, uh, who didn't play year one, but in his after his sec, his second full season, he had 103 targets, 72, 875, and five. Um, Hawk had 101 targets, 67, 723, and six last year in his second full season. And in the, the third year for, for Kelsey is when he when he started his tight end one run. Uh, and, and that was with, by the way, um, he, by the way, he went 80, 85, 11, 25, and uh, four, uh, in, in four touchdowns in 2016. And that was with, uh, Alex Smith, you know, who had, who that year had 3,500 yards in 15 TDs and Kelsey still was tight end one. And he did not have a lot around them either. He had Spencer Ware. he had late career, Jeremy Macklin. I think Chris Conley was the wide receiver too on that team. So, so the, the, the bad offense argument does not work for me, especially because Detroit doesn't have a good defense either. So, so they're going to need to pass a lot. So, uh, and I don't think he needs to jump even into the 140 target range that that third year for Kelsey, he had 117 and put up those numbers. So with Alex Smith, so I, I just love him. I think, I think he's not just that he's going to be as good as last year. He's going to be much better and he's going to be in that elite tier. He's going to be mentioned. We're going to think of him the way we think of Waller and Kittle next year. That's what I think. Any thoughts from either of you too? <laughs> I hundred percent agree. I, I I was just sitting here nodding the whole time. I'm like, nailed it. Yep, exactly. I think Hawk, I think Hawk is one of those players that everybody drafted him thinking he was going to be the next Kelsey. And then they kind of got anxious or, or worried or nervous or something and kind of got off of him. Especially and now that first year when he got hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so now they're all like, ah man, I was so I was so close. I was wrong, but let's move on and look at the next tight ends. Oh my God. And now we got Kyle Pitts, of course. Hawk is getting moved down draft board significantly. And I love it. It's like, yeah, give me the discount because I'm with you. I think he's, if he, if you don't count last year as breaking out, which I think you can, this year is going to, I think this year he's going to dominate because there's just no one else to go to. He's got the talent. He's got the opportunity. I mean, Goff is, is still a quarterback, right? People don't think he can throw or something, but he's still worth the quarterback position and will have to distribute the ball. And that's going to go to Hawkinson. So I'm right there with you. Okay, Scott, any thoughts on Hawk before we move into the next I, guy? I, I think uh, Andrew made a great point. Like, people are so impatient, and I I believe that I now traded for more shares of Hawk than I drafted. You know, because oh, it was just like, <laughs> oh, you want to yep. next year's first? <laughs> great. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm happy to to buy and uh, i think that's a perfect example and i think we're all on the same page there i will jump in with this though his price is going up yeah. right like his price is coming back to where i think it should be which is unfortunate if you're trying to buy him at a discount but i don't mind paying full price either no like, there's that's been what a couple i'm saying trades where full I paid price almost now 
yeah. will be cheaper in 20 will be cheap not cheap but not full price in 2022 I, I agree entirely i'm saying it used to he used to have a discount like a 20 percent off you know target red tag <laughs> kind of pricing and you know red light special or something like that at kmart or whatever but like now he's he's going at what i would consider his accurate value now and that's still cheap and i'm right. still willing to pay that i agree 100 percent. yeah i love I, lo I love you guys agreeing with me so uh <laughs> <laughs> because that i just i can't wait to see it it's going to happen so andrew who's your next guy so I'll uh, I'll pivot to the running back position for this one because I, I have a feeling that uh, Scott's going to talk more about receivers again, which is perfectly fine. And and I think quarterbacks are tricky because the values in one QB versus superflex are so different. And I, I just feel like quarterbacks are kind of I don't know. It's very league dependent in my book. So my my second guy that I am definitely higher on than consensus, and I mentioned him earlier, was Chris Carson. I, I just think for some reason Chris Carson has this label that like he's just he's a one year rental or he's not going to be with that team very long and. The team didn't do anything other than add Alex, Alex Collins, which I'm not afraid of. Rashad Penny is most likely out the door. You know, like the, the Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, like none of these guys worry me. So, and I don't like banking on an injury. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing with Carson. They're like, well, can he stay healthy? It's like, until he's not, I mean, why, why wouldn't I take him as a running back too, at least? So, yeah, I mean, I just think that it's, it's to me anyway, Chris Carson is currently being ranked as running back 25. He's outside RB2 territory, and that flabbergasts me. Like, I cannot find that reasoning. I, I Give me all the Chris Carson at that price. Yeah, and he, he's been perennially perennially undervalued, if I can talk correctly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, and a lot of it's that initial draft capital, I think, it just sticks with you forever. Like, a, a guy I, – I we're, we're not going to do everybody we put down on our sheet here, so I'm just going to mention him real quick. A guy I don't think we're going to get to talk about, but a guy I think – uh, is going to have more value next year. And I know people are going to think I'm crazy is, is James Robinson. I've been accused of a, being a James Robinson truther um, where really I was more of an ETN doubter um, uh, all off season. And then he got hurt. I, I, I just, uh, I think it's a very interesting parallel between the two. You know, they both had the first round running back drafted and I think it's going to be the same thing. I think Robinson's going to produce again this year. And I think he's going to still be undervalued next year because ETN's coming back. But uh, it's Carson's fought off anybody they brought in, um, and, and he's produced RB one or high end RB two numbers year after year. And I think that's what we're going to see with Robinson. Like if he puts if he puts up another like twelve to fifteen hundred yard season, they, I, I just don't get the mental gymnastics it takes to think. Okay, well because they drafted ETM in the first round a year ago, they're just going to ignore him from now on after two straight seasons. And again, he still has to do it. But so I think it's very similar between the two. Carson just forced his way onto the field. And I think that's what we're going to see with J-Rob. Well, and I'll just real quick piggyback on that. I think Robinson is one of those guys that could have actually had a terrific year with ETN in the lineup. And so this Me is one too. of those where it gets people out of that, where like ETN's hurt. Well, ETN, in all honesty, too, we don't know what he was going to be, right? And so if J-Rob goes off again, how does that team not invest in J-Rob and kind of make him their guy? So like, I'm exactly. right there with you. I, I agree. I think if you can get Robinson, maybe it's a lot harder now because of the ETN injury, but if you can get Robinson in a dynasty league and, you know, for, I still on the don't cheap, think it costs a lot. I think you could well, get him for like a, a first. A that's what I'm saying first. on the cheap, because yeah. it depends, right? Like how cheap are you willing to pay? Yeah, it would have been cheaper a month ago. But. For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm just saying there are definitely some teams out there that still don't believe in him. And I'm like, well, I'll take him. I don't mind. 
Yeah, and I I need to get more of them. I I I I wish I had gotten more shares during the off season because I I'm like you. I believed he was going to produce with ETN there mm-hmm. and was going to force a, a much bigger split than people were thinking. Where he, I mean, in the preseason, for as much as that means, I'm not a big believer in the preseason. But he, he was running with the ones almost in pretty much every game in practices. Uh, I just think people were overrating ETN, but. But Scott, uh, you know, if, if you have anything you want to say there, and then we'll move on to your guy. Yeah, so I think everybody knows what James Robinson did last year. He was sixth in uh, points per game, so that doesn't surprise anybody. But going back to Chris Carson, you know, this is rhetorical, but if I asked you where you thought he finished in points per game, you would not say he was top twelve. I mean, that's I. I mean, I don't think anybody would think that honestly. I don't even know if Seattle fans would. <laughs> um, but I feel like Russ, Seattle's so know, forgotten. <laughs> like, man. Um, so he did miss uh, four full games and most of a fifth game. So obviously he wasn't up there with the leaders in points. But points per game, he was twelfth. He was ahead of Jonathan Taylor, Zeke, Antonio Gibson, Swift. All you know, all those guys. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, he just continues to do it year after year. He, he's very uh, underrated. Well, just real quick, I think this list, we can almost look at this. These are guys that production value is greater than trade value, right? Like th- that's, that's kind of exactly what we're exactly discussing. Right? Like production value. Yes. And I, I just, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, Scott, but as I can nope, read your mind, I'm right. like, that's exactly where we're heading here. These are people that are trade value is low, but production value is high. So yeah, def- keep going. Bingo. Scott. I'm, you're speaking my Bingo. language. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. We're at same wavelength here, man. That's, that's exactly it. Um, I will throw in one running running back of my own real quick. A guy that I I didn't know I was so high on until (laughs) now. Um, But more of like I found that in a couple – I'm down to like three redraft leagues. I'm so proud of myself because I used to be in like 15. But now that I'm so in a dynasty, I'm like like out of redraft. But regardless, I think I have – Did you do that while you had 40-plus dynasty leagues? No, I've been (laughs) dropping down redraft and increasing dynasty. So. Um, yeah. And, and of those three, two of them are keepers, but, uh, anyway, I do have Javante Williams in just about every format, whether it's dynasty, best ball, keeper, redraft, whatever. I noticed that across my, across all of my leagues, I have him like everywhere. So I think that just tells, you know, sometimes you don't really know it until you look at, you know, you look back and you look at your rosters and like my roster ship on this guy is insane. Like, you know, I liked him, but now I realize that for the value, I really like it. Right. So it's, it may not be that I, you know, I certainly didn't like him more than the Najee um, for the rookie class, but I'm just going, he's right now at running back 18 ADP. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Melvin Gordon is not along for this season, let alone the league. So um, Javante is, is going to be, taken over sooner than later and i love pat Shermer as an oc and he gets the most out of his running back so I, i'm really excited about javante's upside uh, and that I, I love that choice too i mean to me he was uh, kind of getting into what i was saying before he was so clearly to me above etn in this class uh i, I just uh, oh, i never yeah, got I had him quite what people were seeing with etn uh, i mean i don't think he's going to be a bad player if he played this year but i Javante, I think, has as RB1 potential. I don't think ETN does, barring like a 75 reception season, which I, I didn't see happening. So, uh, yeah, I, I love him. And, and then 
if they can just get a quarterback, my God, his his ceiling is so high because I mean all that talent around them, they you can't focus on Williams either. Uh, and, and like you said, it's going to be this the classic thing we see every year with rookie running backs. There's always a Melvin Gordon or or uh, you know somebody else, a Nick, uh, a Carlos Hyde for Nick Chubb and things like that. Eventually, exactly. by the end of the season, it, it's it's the rookie and and. I, he's going to be well above RB18 by the time the end of the year comes. Um, unless uh, were you going to say something, Andrew? I, I was just going to jump in with, I think 18 is about where I have him. So I don't think I'd go crazy in saying he's under or overvalued. I think that's probably pretty good just because Gordon is still there, right? Like not to say that for dynasty, that doesn't matter as much, but it is going to matter some. And so I feel like 18 is a pretty good spot in my rankings for him, but I, I definitely don't hate Scott for thinking he's better than that. But I is, think is Gordon going to be there this time next year? We don't know. I, I don't know. We could be no. honestly like the, the, not, Well, I, I get everybody's saying no, but we don't know that. Right. Gordon can get a chip <laughs> in his shoulder and blow up. We don't know. I mean, I'm just what saying, I'll say I'm just to, saying. What I'll say to that, like though. one good season. He's not good. What I'll say to that, though, is uh, kind of like the Hawk thing, even though Hawk's a lot higher in regards to his position, is that if you're paying RB18 prices, that's going to be cheap a year from now is what I think. So Very true. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I, I like that a lot. Um, I'll go into my last guy, and then we'll move on to some guys we're lower than. Um, and uh, I'm going to mention this guy since uh, Andrew also had him on his list, uh, which is Tua, Tua Tonga Bailo. I think I said that right. Um, he, he did not have a bad year last year as much as people think he did. He, he wasn't amazing, but he wasn't awful. I think he had, uh, I wish I had it pulled up now. I, I looked at it earlier. I think it's 14 touchdowns to uh, total touchdowns to five interceptions. Uh, and that includes a couple rushing touchdowns. He's not, he's not a mobile guy, but he, he did score a few rushing touchdowns last year and, and they've upgraded his weapons, uh, at receiver. And I just, People are, are doubting this guy far too quick. I think it's the Justin Herbert effect is what it is. I mean, <laughs> most quarterbacks don't come out the way Justin Herbert did last year, rookie quarterbacks. And, and, and Tua was coming off a COVID year, which granted Justin Herbert was too, but also a year where he had a devastating injury the year before, um, didn't have a preseason, probably wasn't even fully healthy when the season started. And, and then was yo-yoed by his team because of Ryan Fitzpatrick and they were contending. And I just think we're going to see a big jump from two in year two. Uh, his ADP on DLF right now is QB 14. I think he's a QB one this time next year. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Scott? Um, yeah, I wasn't as huge of a Tua guy, but I mean, it's mostly just because he's a lefty. I mean, <laughs> you just don't see it. And uh, I mean, statistically, I'm just saying you just don't see left. Okay, Steve Young. Wow, you got <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my head. I knew, I knew it that. did, Rocky. I knew I could read your mind. <laughs> uh, but honestly, na- name another lefty that was super. Uh, I Mike Vick was a lefty. He was, and, but he, he wasn't was a great passer. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Algie Crumpler was like 300 pounds. He had a huge uh, target to hit out there. You know, I mean, but. Yeah, um, I I like his weapons. The new offense is what I'm curious about. I mean, he was playing in Chan Gailey's offense last year, which made I, there's no fit there. It makes no mm-hmm. sense, and that's why Chan Gailey's not there anymore. Um, but I I just don't know what to expect from the new offense, so it's it's kind of a wait and see for me. But at the same time, uh, the youth, the weapons, it's definitely on an upward trajectory. So I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just certainly not all in on him. 
Well, I'll just add this. We talked about Tua with uh, with Nick Whalen. I think that was after you, maybe during the time or after you had to leave there, Rocky. But I know yeah, we were both kind of surprised at the time. That was August ADP. He was QB 17. So the market has corrected itself and kind of risen Tua back to where I think he should be. Okay. Uh, yep. We talked about it a lot during that QB episode where he and Burrow are both, in my book anyway, are both very similar. Uh, except Burrow got to miss half of the season, so nobody got to see him underperform. So I think that insulated his value. And honestly, like as much as you don't want to agree with something like that, like those things matter in ADP world, right? It's not a ranking. It's not like who is better. It's like this is where the market believes. The, the, the general public is very different and, and kind of wildly off in some cases because of perception, which is not reality. And I think there was this perception that Tua struggled last year. Well, of course he did. Like he, you just listed all the things he had to go through to get there. And his top receiver was Devontae Parker. You know what I mean? Like that's not ideal. You know what I mean? So like, let's give the kid some credit. He got through the season and got somehow yeah. less yeah. like credit. And even after deserved. Devontae Parker, he was thrown to like Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, and Lynn, yeah. Lynn yeah. Bowden, the wide, the slot wide receiver. Players so. that aren't even in the NFL right now, right? That says a lot. And I think that yeah. in all honesty, I think that people are very, and I say this with the most respect, people in fantasy are very short-sighted and when it comes to memory. And they'll remember the last thing that you did, whether it was something or nothing. And two, and near the end of last year, wasn't doing much. So there were a lot of fantasy managers out there that had Tua that were just getting fed up, whether they needed him in Superflex in the playoffs or something like it just it wasn't a great end of a year. And I think Burrow didn't have a bad end of the year. He was writing your IR spot. So you have no negative feelings. I, they're, they're the same thing, really. And, and Burrow, I mean, he was the guy from day one. Tua had to take over after Fitzpatrick. Like there's all these, they're the exact opposite season, right? But yeah. it's really the almost identical if you look at it with a, a strictly analytical lens on it and not have emotion. So yeah, I always found it odd that Tua was going so low. I'm actually kind of glad to see ADP rise a little and get, I don't know, closer to where he should be. Let's put it that way. But it also, again, it kind of bums me out because now the discount's gone. Dang. I, I love that comment you made about about how at, at, as the community at large is sort of short-sighted because it's so funny that we want to take the long view and overvalue youth and at the drop of a hat will change values because of He's like yeah, because of eight games in his rookie year like yeah. it, it's insane um uh, we're gonna move on to to the, the guys that were uh you know that selling that were lower on whatever you want to call it um but but real quick uh, in terms of uh being uh, totally overreactive um, <laughs> in the game tonight. I, I just noticed Antonio Brown has uh, four catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. Are, are you trying to sell him after this game right away? <laughs> if, if I had He's him, old, I don't man. have him anywhere. Yeah. I don't have him anywhere. Cause I, I just, I don't trust. I don't well, I shouldn't say that. I probably have him on a couple of redraft teams, but if I have him in dynasty, I'm definitely selling after this week. If, if this is the kind of week he's going to have, sure. He could do it again, but phew, he could also goose yaggy and I, i'm out on that kind of thing so yeah uh, brady does love him though i, yeah. I do think he, he I, I think we could see more i mean if you're a contender i i don't hate holding on to him uh i i wouldn't be buying him but i, I don't mind holding him either I, I just thought it was interesting that in a half he's put up like you know uh what's that 15 20 20 plus uh, fantasy points already so uh, i can't wait to see the antonio brown victory laps tomorrow so uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll get into the uh the guys uh, that were lower on so uh i think andrew we are back to you so uh, what what's one guy you want to put that you're lower on well, I, I, it's, I feel like I, I keep beating this drum and, and even as a Bengals fan, it's odd, but like, I, I'm just not, I'm not enjoying Jamar Chase as wide receiver nine. That just feels 
painfully high. Like, what are we doing, guys? I mean, you're ex- that that wide receiver nine is pretty much his ceiling. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I mean, he could be wide receiver three, right? We don't know. But I'm not buying him as a rookie at his ceiling. That doesn't, I don't like that. That's too risky for me. As much as we just said before that wide receivers hold their value, I have a hard time believing Jamar Chase holds this value. Like, whoa, buddy, that is so high. There are so many receivers that are like in that same range. Higgins is, I think, wide receiver 11. And rank, these are rankings we're looking at, DLF rankings that I'm, I'm using for mine. But even just to rank him at nine, you're, you're almost saying he can't fail. And I don't know if I like that. Rookie receivers tend to fail at least a little bit and struggle and, and all of this. So I, I just pass, hard pass on Jamar Chase at wide receiver nine. I wrote an article earlier this offseason for Fantasy Pros about how drafting Jamar Chase could ruin your dynasty team because he was going in the second round. And that's exactly what this is. Second round of dynasty ADP startup. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's the most risky kind of play you can take. And in startups, I don't mind being risky, but with a second round pick, that's a lot of money you're just throwing away if he's wide receiver 26. You know what I mean? Like, what have you done to your team there? So, yeah, I, I don't – I love Jamar Chase, the player. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm hoping he does well, but I cannot get my head around wide receiver nine for him. That's just ungodly high to me. Scott, yep. thoughts on yep. Chase? Um, I'm, he's also the player I put on my list. I mean, <laughs> I, I just um, – I did not end up with uh, many shares, and – I mean, I think again, that's really telling, right? Because it's not like I didn't like him, but when you actually get like into the cost. draft and you pull yeah. the trigger, and it's it wasn't him, you know. Uh, yeah. I I think I have just two. I think just two. Um, two more than rosters. I thought. So, you know, to me, for for me, that's basically zero for anyone else. Like that's basically <laughs> negative two for the average dynasty player. That's like point five percent of of Scott's yeah. rosters. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, listen, there was a, there was a really weird quote that came out and I don't know, I don't know how big this was. Maybe everybody saw this and I was like the last one to see it, but it, it was like him trying to explain about how he's trying to learn how to catch an NFL football because it doesn't have the stripes on it. That's, I, was, no, I was like, this can't be real. This is not real. It's not okay. real. That was that was a misconstrued quote by PFT. Uh, right? I, I, Talk I figured went out of their way to find a clickbaity way to word what he said. And he actually tweeted it out and was like, guys, that's not what I said. He just said that it's different catching balls without the lines on them. And he's learning how to do that. But every receiver has to do that. He never said right. he couldn't catch them or that it was hard to catch them. He said it's different. And so Pro Football Talk tweeted out Jamar Chase blames the fact that the balls are different on the reason he can't catch. And he was like, bro, that's not what I said. <laughs> Like you can literally read the quote that he said and that they tweeted out this whole, like they made this narrative because that's what they do. So no, that, that had nothing to do with it. That was not involved in the drops. It is different. I agree. It is different. They're a different ball, but he's not blaming that for the reason. That's an, oh. So this is, and, and I want, I, and that's uh, Andrew, like if you weren't on, I would, I would have explained that, but I wanted you to take it and run. Cause I knew you knew what was going on there. You know, I get heated. Like this is my um, team here. But, you're just, but no, here, here's the thing. When you're coming up with stories like that, I mean, it's all, it, it's going to get to the point where the, the hate goes too far. Right. Because it's just going to get, it's just going to spiral out of control with just these dumb things. He's going to come out. He's not going to play many snaps the first few weeks, maybe, or, you know, he doesn't really have any production people. I mean, six weeks from now, we're probably buying him. <laughs> so, um, I mean, honestly, that's, that's kind of where I could see things going. And I think that was ultimately the bigger picture, um, 
for me looking at drafting him in rookie drafts was just going listen that higgins to me is a stud i love t higgins i think boyd is he's the cooper cup of that offense i think he's a really good receiver and really good in that role um i i feel like their line is getting better because you know when you're the worst you can only go up so i know that they're they're putting that together they started to gel a little bit second half of the season um last year but you know burrow coming off the injury a lot of these factors i felt like there would be an opportunity for chase to to go lower um and then maybe be in buy opportunity so right now he's he's definitely a sell um but i think that could be one of those things we could revisit mid-season and go you know what you need to buy this guy because his time's coming I, i love that point because yeah i mean we generally don't hate players. We hate ADPs. So, exactly. and, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. It, it, yeah, to me, it's ridiculous when we put a guy who's never played a game as a wide receiver one. You know, it, what, what are we doing here? Like, especially at that position, like, I can get it at running back. Like, if you think Najee Harris is that good and, and you want to put him at, at RB10, I get that. Because like I said earlier, I we predict – you can you can predict running backs a lot better in fantasy than you can predict wide receiver. We've had way too many guys that we thought the Corey Davis was a can't miss prospect coming out. At Paris Campbell, Nikhil Harry, yeah, yeah Nikhil I mean, yeah, Harry exactly was, right. was yeah. top three in a lot of. But Quan Treadwell was like the consensus one hundred and two in his draft. It, it was it's we miss so often on on the what we think are the elite wide receiver prospects. So I, I love that, but I, I agree. And I love what you said too about T because like, I, I still think he could, he could be a wide receiver one this year with chase there. And, and people, he could have been in our, our buy section. Our, our guys were higher on, so probably all higher on him in the consensus. I think I considered. Yeah. So did I. Yep. Um, but Scott, uh, who was uh, uh, one of your other guys? So really, I mean, Chase was kind of the one that jumped up the most for me from the wide receiver position. Um, I really would have loved to talk about Dobbins and just uh, the the reason is, and so if we go back to pre-injury everything and pretend that offense is all intact and what they do, they don't throw the ball to the running back. I mean, and typically rushing quarterbacks do it less. Um, and so if, if they're not catching passes, most... Uh, I got to think about how, how to say this, but JJ Zacharyson brought up in his uh, running back breakout running back episode that the, the running backs that break out and or the running backs that are likely to finish as the top are pass catching running backs. They're going to be involved in the passing offense because a target is worth more than a rush. Yep. And so Dobbins in that offense, could he, could he have had 15 touchdowns? Maybe he could have, uh, but he's probably going to catch like 20 passes. Yeah, he so, was going to have to you know, have 15 touchdowns. And well, and that that's the thing. Like you we don't we don't even know because Lamar Jackson might have been running them all in. I mean, it's it's just so you you just you just don't know. So to me, I was definitely out on Dobbins wherever he was going. It was way too high. I only had two shares. I sold both of them um like right before one of them was uh like two months ago, but the other one was uh basically when the news of Wentz and Quentin Nelson broke out and the guy panicked on JT and I flipped Dobbins essentially for JT. He offered it to me. I mean, I was like, all right, yeah, I got you. Um, but that's, there's my what proof. What were you saying about the, a lot of the community of the being overreactive? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, 
take advantage, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to imagine Dobbins uh, if he had stayed, even if he had stayed healthy. The, the, his upside was yeah. unlikely to be. You know, would he have a high floor? Yes, but does he have a super high, like elite ceiling? I don't believe. I personally don't believe so. I didn't believe so as a prospect. He was my right. number five back in that class, and uh, yeah, going forward, I, even I don't. I don't see. I guess the point I want to make being a dynasty podcast is don't, if you're a a rebuilding team, I don't necessarily think you should be trading for him. I mean, if you can get him super cheap, like a couple of seconds or something like that, or if you can give up uh, Henderson, right. Or one of those, those rental running backs that aren't going to have much value past this year, a contender who lost Dobbins wants something like that. I, by all means go for it, but you should not be giving up your future first or other young players. What what uh, about Chris Carson? Chris Carson or, or J.K. Dobbins? Um, if if I'm rebuilding, I'll take yeah. Dobbins. Same here. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going to go with this. Like, I think Carson's one of those guys that can get moved in a deal like that because he does have this very short-term value mentality, right? Where people like still think his production value is pretty high, and obviously so do I. But I think his trade value is somewhat low, and Dobbins' trade value just took a hit, and the production value is very – so I think you could probably get a deal done like that straight up one for one. And I know a Definitely. lot of rebuilding teams that I don't necessarily – want to get rid of Carson, but I do think Dobbins is better long-term as a three-year window kind of a deal. So if I'm rebuilding and out, Hey, I'll, I'll take that. I, I don't know if the Dobbins manager would do it. Right. But like if, if you had Carson, I would do it and, and send Carson for Dobbins. No doubt. Yeah. And, and in one of the TA leagues, I'm one of those contenders that had Dobbins and, and I, I sold him for Judy in the third. I was thrilled with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. And uh, yeah. the third. So the third was on the Judy side. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I got a third. I, I offered wow. it to him. He accepted it. Was and he's actually a rebuilding team too. So he he, he thought the Dobbins value. Okay. He, he probably felt like peaked. Judy's value peaked, just like Andrew does. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll get into that. Get All right. <laughs> uh, okay, so I will go into one of my guys, and uh, I just. I don't know if this was a road because I, I didn't. I know DLF ADP is done by a fairly small sample size of mock drafts, so I don't know if this is a rogue draft or no. But Zach Wilson is a QB thirteen in August ADP. That is insanity to me. I I do not get that, and I, it's crazy to me too because he had a good preseason, right. and, and people are like, a po- people who agreed with what I think. Are, are, are saying they're wrong now. I'm saying, no, you're not wrong. The preseason means nothing. I mean, uh, show me in the, and, and you know, I could look like a total idiot six weeks from now if he, if he's thrown for like 2,000 yards this game. But, but I just don't get it. Like, he, he, I, I didn't see it in college. He was my QB five of the five guys in this class. Uh, I like Mac better even. So, and I know a lot of people weren't high on Mac. Um, who was also actually looked good in the preseason, by the way, but um, <laughs> for whatever that means. But yeah, I don't think it means much. But but yeah, I, I don't get it. I didn't. I know he had like a seventy percent completion percentage, I think, in twenty twenty. Uh, but I did not see a lot of accuracy when I watched him. Uh, he, he made some uh, you know risky throws. He didn't always get picked off, but. Uh, but when you looked, I mean, like I said, with his throws, it was even like a lot of guys, guys were having to stop to catch the ball. They were going to reach behind him. That's what I saw when I was watching. Maybe I was watching the wrong games. I don't know because some people like him way more than I do. And apparently the DLF mock drafters like him way more than I do. I, I have no, I, I would not draft him in, I wouldn't 
draft him in the top 20 quarterbacks. I, I, I just don't get it. I, I, I like Elijah Moore. Uh, Corey Davis is nice, but his weapons are not amazing. <laughs> and, and I just don't see what other people are saying. And, and I would, I wish this is something I probably need to do more, which is draft guys. I don't like because <laughs> I wish I had some Zach Wilson so I could sell him for QB 13 prices. I would do that all day. Well, I, I wanted to jump in with this. He's ranked as QB 16, which I think is ridiculous too. Like yes. that's still too high to me too. You know who I, I, I this is going to sound because he's young. <laughs> right. But do you know who I think his, his uh, fantasy or his dynasty value will, will probably be very similar to is Sam Darnold, right? Like Sam Darnold came in the league and everybody had high hopes and they were all kind of ranking him at his ceiling. And then he kind of struggled in the jets offense. Does any of this sound familiar? Like this is very possibly going to happen right now. Again, even though it's not Adam Gase, right? We're, we're not talking about the same offense. But I just I don't know what this team is, and to put him at thirteen or even ranking him at sixteen, I'm out. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I much rather have other guys like the your classic Rocky Petrella moves, where it's like give me Kirk Cousins, give me Ben Roethlisberger. Like I'll, I'll take those guys ten rounds later and be much happier with myself. Yeah, I'm right there. It, with you. It's funny when you said who you think of because I know uh, Zach Wilson also has some mobility. It made me think of like maybe Daniel Jones who, yep. who no one's interested. And I could totally see him having a Daniel Jones career. Cause yep. I, I do not think he's a particularly good passer. So overhyped, as, overhyped, underperformed. Daniel, yes. Yeah. And Daniel Jones has run a little bit in his NFL career. Um, but I, I don't see him, but he's not a difference maker with his legs. And that's the way I see Zach Wilson. He'll, he'll run. He'll maybe have an 80 yard run and fall down at some point, but, but he's not gonna, he's not gonna, uh, you know, he's not going to be, you know, Lamar Jackson or, or even, you know, Russell Wilson, I don't think. So not, he doesn't have the talent or the tools. Like he doesn't have the, yeah. uh, the, the talent around him. I just, I, man. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Unless you do either of you have a guy you really want to get to, because I, I do want to get to find me a trade. Is there anybody else you want to mention before we move well, on? The only one that I really wanted to hit on was kind of related to JK Dobbins was Cam Akers. I, I just feel like Cam Akers is someone that I'm, I'm not sure I can really get behind. And he, he's being ranked right now as running back 21 in DLF. Even and I now. Feel like that's that's a current, that's like date, very yeah. current. Yeah. And I don't, I, I think that's probably pretty close. And so I, I wanted to bring him up because the, the injured running backs are a lot tougher to project into the future, right? Where it's like, I don't know if they're going to come back at full speed. I, I wouldn't call Akers or Dobbins elite like McCaffrey or Barkley, like we were talking about that hold their value and all that. I don't think either one of them are, are true running back ones after this injury or each of their injuries, which are both pretty big injuries, right? This isn't like, oh, I, I twisted my ankle for a couple games. These guys are out of commission for nine months. I well, mean, that's like a Akers especially. We've well, literally Akers, never seen a guy come back from that injury and produce and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say that Akers is the first to do it, to come back and be substantially, you know, close to what his value was. But even RV21 is just so much risk to me. Like, man, I just, even as a rebuilder, I'm not sure I want to take that on. And then again, like Akers didn't do it the whole year anyway. Like he hasn't been around long enough to really earn that kind of he'll be fine mentality. I just, it worries me. And Achilles are obviously very different than ACLs. We've seen people come back from ACLs more now. Maybe this is the turn where Achilles happens and people start to recover and fine, but it just, I don't want to be the first one. I don't want to be the one left holding the Todd Gurley bag there. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of out on acres. I traded him away in a couple leagues. There's one, I think where I still have him on my roster. Cause I just didn't feel like the price was right. And I'm rebuilding anyway. I'm like, Eh, I'll hold off and see what happens. You know, some, maybe something crazy goes down and someone likes him or hell, maybe he comes back. It's a free league with some good friends. I'm like, Shh, 
I don't mind. You know, at that point, I'm not risking anything. It's one league. Who cares? I, uh, kind of ride the lightning and see if it happens. If it doesn't, okay. But like, I just, man, I don't know. I, I'm not, he's definitely not someone I'm targeting much like Dobbins for you, Scott. Like it just, I, I, I liked the talent. I didn't love it. And I think uh, a lot of people out there are kind of getting that confused and saying, well, he's the guy. Well, he's not anymore. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of out on acres and the same reasons for Dobbins really. We don't bet on the, we don't bet on statistical improbabilities. Yep. So why, why are you doing it? I don't understand. I mean, I, everyone just keeps telling me, I'm honestly sick of having this argument. No one that young has to listen. No one I that good is ever running back in that class. No one's more heartbroken than me. I love cam makers, but like guys, it's never happened. So you're, you're betting on history. That's, that's really intelligent. That's a way, really intelligent yeah. way to go about it. And eventually like, it probably will happen, but I'm not betting on it until it does happen. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be the guy exactly. who's wrong. That has no acres on my rosters than be the guy that's, right with one acre share somewhere where it's like you know what, what yeah, it, odds are so slim like I, i'm just i'm not too worried about it and it's funny you mention acres to me too because when we came up with this idea for the show uh the first thing that came to my mind is that I, it's it sucks obviously for acres and etn that they were hurt and they're losing a year of their young careers but it also sucks for me that I these were the two guys I yeah. absolutely would have put on this list that I've been down on all offseason before they got hurt. And and now we'll never know. But uh, it's like it makes you right, but you're not right. You yeah, know I, mean? like, I, I don't that. feel I'm right, yeah. but I, no, I, I, know, I'm, I know, I'm but disappointed I that. that I don't get the chance to be right. That's what yeah. it is. Like James Robinson in a way, right? Like you got yeah. bailed out in a way like, oh, I, I like Robinson anyway. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, OK, so we'll move on to our, our find me a trade. Um, so. This week, it was submitted uh, by uh, Joe Shuey, uh, at Shuey underscore FF on Twitter. And by the way, this guy is actually, uh, it's funny, too, because he reached out to Andrew, not me, um, a, a couple weeks ago. But he's actually in my Fantasy Football Survivor League, which uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll be tweeting out about it. It's a pretty cool format. But um, it's a sleeper league. It's a 10-team PPR Superflex um, with no tight end premium, four-point passing touchdowns. Negative two for picks. Uh, 29-man roster, start 10, QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a super flex, and two flex. So his roster um, is, well, in the starting lineup right now, he's got Pat Mahomes, Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams. So uh, really nice there, obviously. Um, is also he's pretty solid all around on this team. He's got CD Lamb and, and he's young. Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins at wide receiver, uh, Darren Waller at tight end, Judy and Callaway in his flex, and two as his second quarterback. He's also got Trey Lance and Carson Wentz on the bench, so he's kind of kind of loaded at quarterback. Um, he's got uh, he's got the recent hot waiver pickup, uh, uh, Tony Jones on, on his bench at running back. Um, not really much else there. Wayne Gallman. Uh, is really the only other name I'm seeing that looks all that good. Uh, and he doesn't look that good. So um, his bench is a little weak. Jacoby Myers, he has a wide receiver. He does have Elijah Moore. He's got Russell Gage, Christian Kirk, uh, tight end. He's got uh, Adam Troutman and Jacob Harris. He does have ETN, um, who's now hurt, obviously, who we talked about. And then some other guys on his taxi, like Brevin Jordan, Chris Evans, Hunter Long. So very strong starting lineup. Not the not the best bench other than at quarterback. Um, so what he said was, my goal is to be competing but make a harder push to win next year. 
um, which I, I think he could compete if everything goes right. Um, you need basically everybody to stay healthy pretty much, as we said, with that bench. Um, I have a lot of young core guys that should take steps this year and into next year. That's the main goal. But I'd like to keep this a younger team as my other teams generally have more vets and was trying for something new. I probably need some RB depth he finished up with. So, uh, Andrew, you want to get you want to get into yours first? Sure. Yeah. And I, I think I, I, I like this team, but in 10 team leagues, I tend to like every team. Right. Or it's like I, I kind of have to get my brain around. It, it is a 10 team league. So. In, in my mind, teams generally look good. Yeah. Yeah. And in my mind, if I'm, I'm in a, I think I was in one 10 team league last year and, and we actually went up to 12 uh, with a dispersal and it was a weird thing. But in any case, um, 10 team leagues for me, I, I need as many studs as I can get, right? Like I'm trying to consolidate every trade I get. I want to make sure that I, I want to be on the side where there's one good player and you get the best player in the deal, right? Now, generally speaking is different than specifically speaking. Um, but with that in mind and the fact that he lost ETN, I do think he needs a little bit of running back depth to kind of make a push, whether it's this year or next. I do think that's a thing. Um, and I mean, looking at the the draft picks, I don't know if you went into that at all, but he has the fourth and the fifth. That's it for next year. So it's not like he's going to be able to draft another running back next year. Um, if ETN doesn't come back solid or you know has other question marks, then you might be looking at, at some a two year window before you kind of, I don't know, get get back into the hunt. So my trade was to trade Jerry Judy, who we didn't get into, but I'm kind of under the, under the impression that I'm, I'm lower than anyone else on, but trade Jerry Judy and Carson Wentz to sizzle 56 for Deandre Swift and Sterling Shepard as a throw in. So my thought process here, of course, swizzle or sizzle, I'm sorry, only has one QB on his roster. So he definitely needs some help there. I think Judy's getting a lot of buzz heading into the season. I think with Bridgewater taking over, I think it's very possible that Judy is, you know, the guy or whatever, and the number one receiver in Denver. But this way you get back a, a kind of, I would almost say like a depressed asset a little bit with DeAndre Swift. Um, and then Sterling Shepard just for like a bench role player kind of thing. And, and the other logic too is Sizzle has uh, really, like I said, that one startable quarterback and is very running back heavy. He has a lot of running backs on his team, including DeAndre Swift, which I think is his third running back. Um, or running back three or flex or what have you. And then a lot of his receivers are on the older side. So Judy might be enticing for him to kind of make this make sense, I guess. Um, value wise, I, I think the DeAndre Swift side is is more value. But if in this league with it being 10 teams, I could see somebody deciding, hey, you know what, let me split Swift up into two players and, and kind of get some better value out of it. I guess, Scott, what did you think about my trade? Was it something you would do? Is it is it way off? I mean, where are you at with this? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I like it. I think, you know, I think Judy is ascending. Um, but I also can see where his value has gone up so much compared to where it was last year, right? And so it is a good sell point just from that aspect, right? Like on the hype. we, yeah, we can't predict the market. We yep. don't know. Like when you know when when uh when Dogecoin is on its way up, we don't know <laughs> what it's gonna get to, right? But you you gonna pick a spot to sell and take your profits, right? Yep. So if if he got um I, I guess I, I you could kind of say, well, where did he get Judy and what did he give up for him? Things like that. Maybe he traded for him recently. I don't know. But um, I, I would I'm OK taking taking my profit on some players. You know, I did it a ton with James Robinson last year. Um, you know, guys that ascend quickly. Uh, I'm I'm totally cool with that. Plus, he's got a young core so you yeah. can give up a youth piece and, and still get better. Um 
you know, and do that. So, I mean, I think we had similar strategies just using different players. So I'm, I'm on the same page with you. Well, and we didn't get into my, my Judy talk earlier and, and the uh, players were low or high on and things like that. I, I just feel like you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think Judy is, is seeing a lot of value bump right now. And I'm not saying it's not warranted. I'm just saying maybe you can ride that lightning and kind of cash out now and maybe sell him for what you would consider to be over his value in a way where the hype is kind of taken over. And this is where I love, I love that we do these because it, it's a way to sort of take a general thesis of how we approach trades and make it specific while still keeping it generic, right? And saying, hey, there are there are other managers out there that are are just Jerry Judy's a top 10 receiver. It's sold. I'm done. I'm I'm going to get Jerry Judy, and I don't care what the cost is. And they're looking at this. And if I had the the team that uh, Sizzle 56, I'm not saying it's a bad team in 10 team league. Anybody can win it. But I just think the way that that team is built with all the running back depth and the the kind of the need at a second quarterback position in 10 team, you really only have one starting quarterback. Like that's gonna that makes me nervous. And it is super flex. So I mean, you you might want to start a quarterback on that second flex option there. So I think this is one of those that I could see getting done because DeAndre Swift is obviously got some heat on his name right now. And, and there's some, you know, curiosity about where his value is going to be, but you know, all the off the field stuff aside, I think Swift is going to be somebody who you can lock and load in a flex at least all, all year this year and potentially the next two or three. And you could do the same with Judy on this team. So you're really gaining some flexibility in your roster build and you're losing Wentz to do it. I'm, I'm not really that worried about Wentz. I'm not sure how long he's going to be there. So for me, it just provides you a little extra kick to be able to, I don't know, make it through this season and then still look at the next year. Since you don't have draft picks, you kind of have to get younger and, and stay younger if you can. So that was kind of where my thoughts were. Uh, I, I really like this one, Andrew. Um, even though I mentioned I, I had traded for him earlier in that Dobbins deal, I'm kind of with you on Judy because I think a lot of people, especially when I listen to podcasts and stuff like that, uh, are, are talking about Judy like he's going to be a wide receiver one. And I'm not yep. sure I ever see. I think he's going to rest comfortably in that wide receiver two range, but I'm not sure he's ever kind of like an alpha. So uh, I kind of agree with you there. He's a little overrated. And Swift is a guy I actually considered – uh, putting on my list of guys that the because I think he might be my, one of my most acquired players this offseason. Uh, I just love Swift, and I get that he could have issues this year too because of the offense and all that, and people want to worry about Jamal Williams and whatever. But uh, I just think that he's got nowhere to go but up, even if he doesn't have a and I like it for this team too because he might not have a great he might have an RB 18 year this year or something like that. It's possible, I think he's going to do better, but I could certainly see that. Uh, as someone looking at that as a likely outcome. Uh, but I think it's just going to give, I mean, his situation can go nowhere, but up next year, he, he might have an improvement in quarterback. He almost has to have an improvement in terms of a uh, surrounding talent to take some pressure off of him. Uh, so I, I like this a lot. And like you said, with the team only having one quarterback, um, you know, that, that Wentz and Judy, you know, Sterling Shepard's whatever on the other side. So you're basically trading uh, Judy and, and Wentz for Swift. And, and that, that's a that's not a bad haul for Swift. So I think it's something that could potentially even get done. So I like that a lot. And yeah. like we said, it, it, got, it kind of does what he wanted to do, which is sort of still stay semi-competing this year, but, but, but it helps even more, I think, going forward. Uh, well, and just to clarify, too, he does have Justin Fields as his second quarterback. So I, I want to I make it sound like he doesn't. He has – one startable right now fields will take over. So it's not like he's doing a bad job or anything like that. I just think that it, even with fields and Brady as his other quarterback, you're, you're probably going to want at least a third for some point of the year. You know what I mean? Like I just, I can't see it being 
that you just rely on those two for the season. So I, I did want to clarify that. I was saying he has one startable quarterback. That's not 100% true because Fields will start, right? Like, it does just be Right, right, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you're starting Swift and you're super flex. And in my mind, I was like, I'd rather have Wentz and Judy if I had that team. That's kind of where my, my, my thought went with that. Okay, and with that, I'll go, I'll go into mine, which has some similarities to yours, I think, in that the quarterback is, is sort of the centerpiece of it because he does have four quarterbacks, which is, is overkill, um, especially in a 10-team link, I think. Yeah. So uh, I, I had him trading Trey Lance to – hopefully I'm not butchering this guy's uh, name or handle or whatever – T. Sanadi 9 uh, for – 222 first, and I try to grab Mike Davis or Naheem Hines. Not that I care that much about him, but it does help you a little for this year. The main point is to get the first, and it may not be exactly what he was was kind of thinking when he when he was asked for this find me trade. But I basically look at those 222 first as a potential running back, or maybe even two running backs in the future. Um, either that he drafts them next year or he uses that to trade up to draft one next year, or if he contends more than he thinks this year, he can, he can always cash them in then. Um, so, and, and like we said, he's great at QB. I don't think he needs Lance. Uh, I, I don't think we actually talked about him earlier, but I know he was on your list. I think Andrew is one of those overrated guys. And that's kind of how I feel too. He's valued way too highly right now uh, to where the point, I think you can get this and I would do it. If you can't get the running back, I don't really care. I would do it for the two first. Um, I, I just figured you try and throw that in there and then, okay, well, I'll take the running back out. Let's do it with just the picks and see if he, he'll do it. And the, and the guy he's trading him to, he does have two. He actually has three starters, but the two of them are Ryan Fitzpatrick and Daniel Jones. So he doesn't have a, necessarily a starter in 2022. Um, he can justify that he's going to need one going forward. Uh, if he's a Lance guy, this might be better than he can, you know, it's better than Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell next year or whatever. And, and it will also help him this year because he does seem to have the kind of team where he, he's a mix of kind of old and young. So I think he probably is trying to contend this year while still not, you know, being an overly old team. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense for him. I 100% agree, and I think something that, that maybe gets washed over in a lot of these kinds of things, you don't have to hold those first. I think sometimes people look at this, and, and we've talked about so many trades that involve picks, and, and I think Scott does it better than anyone, where it's like, these are all just assets, right? Like, that just gives me something. And picks will not go down in value. It's, it's rare that they go down in value until the NFL draft, and then you might see a tear break where 109 goes down because there's really only eight good players in Superflex. Or, you know, that, that's a hard thing to predict this far out. So my logic, and I like this trade too, because I, I'm not high on Lance. Nick Whalen really did a good job of convincing me when we had that episode. But at the same time, if, if you can ride that lightning too, like the Judy hype, ride the Lance hype and get Lance out from under, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to stress out about it. You kind of insulate your value. You don't have any first for next year, so you could keep them, but you could also trade them for somebody during the year, you know, to a rebuilding team that's out and they're 0-6. Now you've got first to mess with that, that don't cost you a roster spot. They don't cost you anything. So I love that trade. I thought that yeah. was a really smart one. And the guy trading him, I mean, yeah, he he has the two first. It would leave him with no first. But, I mean, he can also justify this is going to help me contend more next year. And it it helps me in the future because Trey Lance is a rookie. So uh, I just think that he's maybe not everything everybody has him cracked up to be after 17 college games and, and one – 150 yard heave down the field that resulted in a touchdown in the preseason. So, um, uh, Scott, any thoughts on that one before we get into yours? Yeah, my thoughts are that I still love Trey Lance. So, <laughs> um, okay. No, 
Wait, never change, Scott. Never change. Scott, Scott's the oddball out on this spot. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think um, I'm going to kind of tie mine into uh, exactly what you guys are doing here because I, I think we're kind of uh, accomplishing the same things with, with some different trades. But essentially – if you if you want to compete this year, but you think you can make a stronger push next year, I don't see what's going to change next year. I mean, your guys are a year older. I get it. So like your young guys are kind of growing up, developing, but you don't have any picks to add to that. So by get by gaining draft picks now, you can either use them this year or next year. So if you're four games in and all of a sudden you're four and oh and like one of the top contenders, you know, how many teams did you see last year that had like Barkley and CMC? And you're like, wow, this season's pointless. And then by by week four, it was like, well, that guy's gonna have the first pick next year. You know what I mean? So it's like you just don't know what's gonna happen. And and I've had plenty of rosters where I felt the same way. I was like, yeah, I'm probably a year away, but let's let's wait a few games and see what happens here. So uh by acquiring picks now, you can you can use them later this season, you can use them next season. Um so one guy I will say for the future is uh Marquez Callaway. If you if you can flip him for a high pick, um you know, depending on how things go, if you're one and three and he has a, a really good first couple games, like sell, sell as fast as you can. Um, but my guy, I wanted to kind of tie in our earlier uh, buys, too. And I had two guys, two late guys, uh, Michael Pittman and Brian Edwards. And so I used in this scenario, I used Deontay Johnson and. Um, Again, I think he he might help you more this year than next year just because I think the Steelers have had a really hard time trying to figure out quarterback of the future, and that's why they keep making Ben stick around. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen there uh, with Deontay. I do still like him a lot, but if, if you can sell him now for his value, uh, team CMC or die hard, I think it's McCaffrey or die hard, um, for Brian Edwards in a first, uh, or the team that Rocky mentioned trade Deontay to him for Michael Pittman and a first, uh, he has two firsts. So if you can grab that draft capital, I'm more interested in that. But I also think that Edwards and or Pittman both have the upside of equaling or even surpassing what Deontay Johnson can provide you next year. If again, if you're looking towards next season, no, no Deontay slander on this pod, Scott. No, I still have plenty of shares. I still love him. But in those in those opportunities where I can, it's kind of like the Judy thing, right? Like I'm willing to take my profits. So he was a remember, Deontay was a, a mid second round rookie pick. I mean, in, in a lot of cases. So it's funny. Mid, I didn't like Deontay coming out. So <laughs> and now I love him. So <laughs> yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't love him, but I, I did end up with with quite a few. Um, because again, when you're talking mid late second, I'm willing to take that gamble. And so if you look at where he's coming, he's the clear X in that offense. And, um, you know, we know Claypool's up and coming and Juju might be gone next year, but they got a new offensive coordinator. I mean, there's just so many question marks. They brought in Najee. They're going to use him. So I, I don't know. I think he's still going to have a good year, but again, if you're, you know, three, four weeks into it and you want to look towards the future, uh, he's, he's a good one to move. Yeah, and even even as a Deontay stand myself, uh, I I don't hate these. I especially like the Pittman and the first one because I think there's a there's a lot more risk with Brian. I mean, there's risk with Pittman too. We haven't seen it. Yeah, totally Pittman's him safer. Yet, 
I yeah, I, I think especially with the you know, there's no there's no alpha in that offense. Waller's the alpha in uh, in in Las Vegas, but Pittman could certainly emerge as that alpha this year if if there is going to be one. I was going to say this too, and I, I don't do this all the time. I think some of my teams I try to do it more than others, and in a ten team, I kind of like stacking. And you've got Wentz on your bench. Go get Pittman, right? I mean, like maybe that offense turns around. Like I don't mind that logic. And getting a first on top of that when you don't have a pick, I think is a terrific move. So I 100% love the Pittman move. I might even throw in like your fourth or like some little tiny piece after. And yeah. be like, hey, let's balance this out, right? Like I don't mind Definitely. throwing in a little receiver, running back, something like that on your bench to kind of get that deal done either. And that's I know that's something you always talk about too, Rocky, where it's like, you know, be flexible with it. Obviously, this isn't we don't need to be hard and fast with this kind of trade. I think the value is on the Pittman and first side. But if the guy's real high on Deontay, he might be willing to do it straight up like that. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And one more thing I want to mention, especially in regards to mine and Scott's trades, I, I like Scott said, I think he needs additional assets. So I really like the idea of getting picks flexibility. Um, yeah, exactly. And like we said, it doesn't even have to be that you make that pick. You may, you maybe get another additional asset by trading the pick. And I think this is a great time to try and do a trade like that because September ish is, is, no one cares about picks in September. So everybody thinks they're going to win it this year. So, uh, and then unless they're totally blowing it up already. So, one, well, uh, I will, I will piggyback on that. You're exactly right. But I hate this time of year when people say it's an early first. You don't know that. Like, oh, yeah, I agree. No, we see bad, bad teams that. that are like not meant to do anything good. And then, oh my goodness, JK Dobbins and ETN go down and the whole league is different. Right, like, and it, it's gonna. We're gonna have. I hate to say it. We're gonna have more injuries after week one, and week two, and week three. You're gonna start to see teams that don't deserve any right to be three and zero going three and zero, and that early first is now a mid, and you went and traded all the world for it because you thought it was on one. It, it, be careful, is all I'm saying with that. Like, go get the first. I'm fine with that, but don't start putting extra value on them. Right, like it's a turkey sandwich. Don't put mayo on it. Right, like let's just go get the turkey sandwich. We'll deal with that other part later. Because I think sometimes too that that can cloud the judgment and people say, "Oh, this team's terrible. I really want their first. It's not even owned by them. They traded it away." And like, dude, calm down. It's we're everyone's O and O. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's roll it back a sec. Because there are yes, there are teams that are bad and there are teams that are good, but you can't start making that determination in September. Yeah, to- totally agree. I-, I basically assume every first is a mid. I basically yep. think of it as 106 until until December. I think by December, you, you-, you have an idea at that point. I might but- even go November in some leagues, right? Or it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh, and nine heading into November. Yeah. Okay, I think we can kind of put the, the deal on the paper. On but this on- one. Yeah, <laughs> unless that first is on somebody else's team, that one's right. probably not getting traded. Though, well, so. that's actually where it comes yeah. down to is if that first is owned by someone else, they're valuing it high. And then, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so good trades all around. I I really enjoyed uh, these trades and this whole episode. It was great to, to do it with you two guys. Uh, it's the first time all three of us have been able to do it together. So History. a lot lot of fun this Trade. week. Um, and <laughs> so I'll just finish up by uh, doing our uh, business here. Um, just a reminder to follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. Um, you can follow the three of us at our handles, which are if you're watching or on the screen. Uh, if you're not, we gave them all earlier. I don't want to bore you with it. Um, follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. Um, and uh, make sure you're subscribing to the DAP network on, on, on YouTube as well. Um, you can catch it when we go live. You can catch it when Fantasy Timeline goes live. Occasionally, Trade Addicts goes live as well. Um, so uh, make sure you're following there. 
And um, please give us uh, a subscribe to the Giants Junkies. Give us a rating and review. We love seeing that. Let us know what you think. Uh, if there's anything you don't like, let us know that too. And we'll, we'll try and improve on it. But uh, we really appreciate hearing from y'all out there. And uh, a reminder too, if you, if you want to give us, send in a find me a trade, you can DM it to any of us uh, on Twitter or DM it to the Dynasty Junkies handle itself, and, and we'll get it on the show. We we actually have a pretty good uh, lineup of them right now, but uh, we'll get it on as quick as we can. So uh, I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, I, I think Scott did it last week. So, Andrew, I'm going to throw it to you to end it for us. <coughs> Junkies out!